On this week's episode of Friend Code, the online plans for the Switch are finally unveiled. Is Retro working on a Star Fox racing game? And Monster Hunter is finally coming to the Switch. How's it going, everyone? Damiani here, your moderator for Friend Code. And on this week's episode, I'm joined by Daniel Budworth. Hello. Ben Moore. What up? We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We do. There's actually a lot of Nintendo excited. news. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Because so much of it is weird. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like the true. weird stuff. <laughs> it, I, I kind of feel like there's been so much this past week that I'm, I can't... E3. I'm like, how is E3 going to surpass the weirdness of this? But somehow, when Nintendo, they always do. They always have some unexpected yeah, announcement that will be there. That's like, I never saw that coming. Like, I just absolutely did not think they would do that. And... Like I just love this period, these few weeks leading into E3, because I love this vibe I get. Yeah, it's just a good, it's a good thing. Because like every day I wake up, I'm like tomorrow's like almost E3. It's like shh, still like a month away. Crap. I, was, <laughs> I think in like the place we were before, you started to build things up in your mind, like oh, this is what I really want to see, or based on what we've seen previously, this is probably likely. And then you get something like Star Fox Racing game, and that's the best moment. That's when you know you're on the E3 gravy like, train, <laughs> the thing that you couldn't have imagined. That, yeah, it's because I love that. It's yeah. like, because you know it's going to happen. You're like, there's going to be a thing that I just can't even imagine it right now. Yep. And then someone's going to do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be so good. And we will be talking about that later on. Um, I want to get something like quick housekeeping out of the way. Uh, so last episode, decided to change it up where we kind of ditched the traditional patrons pulse format. Uh, the user submitted questions, and I worked them into each of our discussion segments to kind of drive the discussion. And it seems like the the viewers really like that. The feedback I got from the patron posts and the YouTube comments, overwhelmingly positive for that change. So I'm going to stick with that this time. So there's no more dedicated patrons poll section. I'm just going to pull up patrons' questions once we get into the discussion uh, of each topic, essentially. And uh, I'll remind you at the end, but also if you're a $5 and up patron, you can be a part of that tier that can ask, uh, submit questions, sorry, for each episode of Friend Code. And uh, I'll give you a reminder how you do that at the end of the episode. But um, but thank you for everyone's feedback. Uh, really helped out. Uh, I'm glad to keep trying to work to make the show better. Let's get into some news, though. Switch online stuff. I know we recorded just before the stuff dropped. Right. But, and I, I mean, I kind of knew it was going to happen, but it's out there now. And this is what we've been waiting for to see what their plans were. And when it launches in September, basically subscribers are going to have access to playing games online, obviously. Uh, cloud saves will finally be available. So a means to back up your saves. And 20, N 20 NES games, which will some or some of them will have online functionality. Like they're touting that as like a, a first for a lot of these games. It do they say some? Because it kind of sounds like all will have some form of online functionality. I think it's all, but I'm not. I guess I, for the 20 games coming out, I believe it's all, but I don't want to speak to the future sure. releases because they did add on that there will be additional NES games added on a routine basis. Um, there is no rotating library thing. That's not true. Uh, that was like the initial reports back like a year ago. It will just be a fixed library, which they continually add on games. It's not to say they could remove some at some point, but that's not what they're touting. Um, so here's some other quick takeaways before we get into the discussion. Uh, Virtual Console is a brand on Switch is pretty much no more. Um, it's just those 20, 20 games that are going to be coming out, and they're NES only. 
Um, and I think that's why we're seeing stuff like Mega Man Legacy Collection happening. Oh, yes. And the Sega Collection. The Sega Collection. Uh, uh, Neo SNK. Geo. Oh, Neo Geo. Yeah, yeah, all those Neo Geo stuff already being released. Right. Even the, yeah. uh, the Super Mario Versus game yeah. was released as standalone and continues to chart on there. Chart extremely high. Yeah. It's yeah. like every time we used to do the what's tops in each eShop, right. that would be in there. Everyone's like, that's still there. There's definitely demand for it. Um, the last thing is... Previous games that were free to play online, such as like Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you will need to be a paid subscriber starting yeah. September to play those games. Here's the pricing for it. So for one month, it's $3.99. For three months, it's $7.99. And for a full year, it will be $9.99. So significantly lower than the other online services from the other uh, console manufacturers. Um, and they're also going to offer this family membership, which is 12 months only for $34.99. But it means that eight different accounts will be able to use online on eight different pieces of hardware. Yeah. And I'm already seeing talk of people suggesting like eight friends should get together to buy this because it comes out to be way cheaper than a 12-month plan. No no idea if Nintendo is going to do anything for the, against that. I highly doubt it because they're still getting $34.99 yeah. total versus... Maybe just like a hand, like a twelve ninety nine here or there. Or sorry, nine ninety nine here or there. Yeah, and Steam does something similar to that, to where you know you can have specific people access yes. your games. We do that with the uh, the Easy Ally Steam account. It's a nice feature to have. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I think one of the things that doesn't get as much notice is those um, you know one month, three month plans, because I think that is like something you you, you really kind of need to have there for for people that like. I'm just going to pick up and try out Splatoon right now. I don't know if I want to, you know, put down the cash for a year. It's like, you, you, you know, you can do that. You can see whether this is something you actually want to like keep investing in. You can do it a couple months at a time if you think that's all you need. The the problem for me though is, I'm somebody who travels fairly regularly, and okay. I have left a 3ds on a plane before, oh, and no. so I know the pain yeah. of owning a Nintendo system that you bought a lot of stuff on, way too many things, um, and so not having like any other way to back up your saves outside of paying for this to get the right. cloud save if I lose my Switch, uh, which I think there's a 50-50 chance, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish there was another way okay. outside of this. Yes. Like, I'm okay, I guess, with cloud saves being in this, but I wish it was like, hey, you can you can dump this stuff somewhere else. I'm on board with you, Ben. And let, 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 let's actually start there. Uh, I'll get to the first patron's pulse question uh, after this. But, uh, yeah, like these cl- the cloud save details, uh, I mean, obviously Ben said his piece, are you going to be satisfied with just only having cloud saves? Like, like Bloodworth, do, do, is that satisfactory to you, or... Do you feel that there should be an option to have another way to like back up your saves locally? Right. I mean, it definitely you know brings up weird uh, use case scenarios and stuff. Um, and I am curious too. Like, let's say you back up your cloud saves, but then you stop paying. Are your cloud saves still held in in the cloud, and you just don't have access to them? Like, that's a strange thing to think about. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Nintendo. Will- hopefully clarify that like closer to the service launch it'll probably be in like the fine print that you have till like 30 days after to still access your save like to pull them down like right. one more time to your system I, I don't know or maybe they do go away or maybe they do keep them up um and then yeah. the, and then the other question is, is is there any form of you know 
management to that. Like, because, you know, I mean, like one of the things that we used to always do for capture is like we would go on GameFAQs and we would download a save file for something that's at the end of the game so we could get that cutscene. You know, and like we can't we can't do that at all. But could you even have like again like two copies or four copies of your Zelda save so that you could just like put your like full complete one on, or is it just going to be like just carp you know carbon copy? I feel like the answer that's going to be no. Yeah. Um, I think the 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 issue is well. First, I want to say to address your point, I want to say that I personally think it's ridiculous in 2018 that Nintendo is still taking this stance. Um, with the with the save stuff, and the reason I think it's probably doubtful about that is because the save data for your Switch games are still tied to the Switch console, the Switch hardware. And this has been a trend that Nintendo has been doing since like the 3DS and the Wii U. You had local way to back up your saves locally on 3DS and Wii U, but as uh, some of our patrons pointed out, and, and I knew as well, is that. If you lost your 3DS on your plane, or right. your Wii U got smashed or something, and you couldn't get it replaced, it didn't matter if you had backup saves anywhere. Like you needed to have that hardware on there. Like you needed mm-hmm. it right. was tied to that. Right. So That's you're screwed. So the problem the problem is Nintendo does not tie your saves to just an account like everyone else does. Right. Like what everyone else does, and I don't get why Nintendo is so like. They just are so resistant to adopting that like stance and that policy. But the accounts are unified now. Yeah, I don't know if we could say that's the case for the Switch. It may be. I mean, like, it's only save. The save mm -mm. files currently are Uh, only in the hardware. There was a report in March at the launch of Nintendo that Nintendo confirmed that at the time saves were tied to your console, uh, to the hardware. It was not tied to your account. I, uh, I was double oh, checking it last even night. Even for the even for the cloud saves, or is that? Oh, for cloud saves, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the cloud saves, but I'm talking currently I think that's, right now because yes. they talked about being able to use your account on any switch. So I would think that if you can use your account on any switch, then yes. you could download your cloud save to a different switch. That I yes, yeah, so there is a way to do that, but still, it, I, I still think that that's a better step. But I still think. I need to be able to have the option in addition to cloud saves to, to be able to like locally back up sure. because as you said, what if I stop being a paid subscriber and stuff? Do I now I don't have a way to save my my saves and stuff? I'm screwed, you right. know. But like, I mean I think it's very unfair. clear that a lot of this exists because so, of like what happened with Smash Brothers on the Wii. They don't want that. that they don't want people altering save files and hacking their games. Uh, that could definitely sorry about Let me let me clarify. So you, what you were saying before is it didn't matter because on Wii U, for example, you could store your saves on an external drive. Yes. You're saying if I had a different Wii U, I couldn't use those saves in that ex- external drive? If you had a different Wii U and you tried to bring those saves over, I, it, was, it was supposed to be tied to the, the hardware, so I think it would reject those saves, I believe. I'm try- that like is for, so for, for, bizarre. For, for Wii U games. Like, virtual console saves, I clearly remember doing... Like like being able to pull save data for that and changing it, but I remember, like I, I mean, I, when I went online to research this last night, that's what everyone was saying. I'm trying to remember my like practical experience was it with it back at 3ds and 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 Wii U, and I remember trying to transfer saves, um, for between certain games because I even went back to like Wii, like online games on Wii were also locked out as well. Like Monster Hunter Three save right. data was locked out as yeah, well. You, you couldn't transfer certain but games. But in terms of Wii U, I remember running into issues trying to transfer saves for I think it was like Bayonetta or Bayonetta Bayonetta Two, I believe, because we had the uh, we were trying to do. I was trying to let someone else play with my save data on their system, and it wasn't working. And I was like, "Why? Like, you have the game and stuff." And it was like, it was only accepted on the the con- the, the Origin Wii U console for some reason. Um, I noticed 3DS is like that too. 
but the, I guess the thing is like we're, this is a little confusing too. Like yeah, I, uh, this sure. is how I understand it, but I don't have this problem on it's PS4. It doesn't make any sense. I don't have this problem on PS4. I'm, I'm I understand Xbox users don't have that. You definitely don't have this problem on PC. Yeah, this is something that should not. This shouldn't be a problem. This should be super simple. It should just be I can back up my save. And I don't care if I live in my system and stuff. If I still have a copy of Super Mario Odyssey, and I put it in any damn Switch. If I have that save data, I can load that save data from, like, you know, external USB, whatever, and then resume from that, like, that place that I saved. The fact that I can't do that in 2018, and Nintendo's like, you the still can't that do that? The fact that you couldn't do that in, like, 2014 oh, yeah, the fact, would no, be... No, <laughs> like, the fact that they couldn't do it back then, but, like, it's still 2018. Like, we have yeah. so many different options. It just... I, I get so frustrated I, with this. I'm sorry. Just yesterday, I was playing State of Decay 2 on Xbox One. I installed it, booted it up on my PC. It was exactly where I was on my Xbox One yeah. save. I didn't even have to think about it. It just happened. Like, this... The hope was, right... And maybe this is being unfair, but the hope was that because they were introducing paid services all of these questions would be simplified. That we were finally moving Nintendo ahead into this future where we didn't have to worry or think about this stuff so much. That they would be on board uh, or, or at least attempting to get closer to the other console manufacturers. Well, I think too the hope was that Nintendo was going to do something very different and very Nintendo about this. And it really are just, they're offering a cheaper version of what you get on the other platforms except they're bundling in these NES games that you know, have questionable value. I wouldn't even. I would argue that they're not even offering like a cheaper version of what you get on the other consoles. Like, yes, it is cheaper, but is anyone excited about this collection of NES games? Is that really like no. this huge value? I. It's a little weird. The in the February financial briefing, they said that you'll be like we have something that will like make it seem like it was worth the wait for right. this. I don't. I don't think pass and play is. Is that thing? Nope, that's not it either. Um, uh, the only thing I can think of that like could have led to this delay is the family account issue, like having to engineer that and make that work and have all the checks pass. Um, otherwise, it just feels like this is the same thing that was supposed to launch a year prior. I think possibly. I don't want to be like the cynicist here. The, I don't want to be too cynical. I think it also might have to do with the the classic systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they wanted, they knew their plan. I think after they saw NES Classic blow up success, became like an overnight success, and they said they greenlit SNES Classic. They're like, this stuff isn't coming till we've had like given those two systems enough time, because we we like money. Like we want to make more money <laughs> off of this. We'd rather people pay eighty dollars for an SNES Classic or fifty, sixty dollars for NES Classic than pay like ten dollars a year for this access and stuff because we're going to make more money off those cost, co- consoles up front. And now the that NES Classic, though, is also like very focused on having a like very balanced library, including third parties. And, you know, this lineup is well, all we only first know, party we games. We only know 10 of the games. Mo- yeah. And, yeah. And like what they've shown is like mostly oh, yeah. like it's very the usual early NES it's the usual suspects, as, and then yeah. like Mario Brothers 3. I also think it's concerning that they haven't given a... F- a stronger this is when you're going to be getting more games this is kind of the rate that we expect because i was mm-hmm. looking uh a few nights ago a couple nights ago at the wii u virtual console and mm-hmm. i think taking it in its entirety 
it's pretty healthy. There's a lot of great stuff on there. You've got Wii games, you've got DS games, you've got GBA games, uh, you've got NES games, uh, you've got Super NES games, uh, third party and from Nintendo. It's it's a pretty nice offering. But then you look at the dates of when those things came out, yeah. and it is just this agonizingly slow drip feed, and you're going through this huge list, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know that that came out because they're spacing these things so far apart. Yeah. Um, that you, for, you forget that the service is even there to some degree. That's a good point. Remember, you might remember this best, Budworth. When Virtual Console Service first launched, they had like every Monday, it's like here the new game. Mm-hmm. It was a very rhythmic schedule that you could expect to hit every time with a, like a decent amount of new entries. And that lasted for like a few years. And then it started to become more irregular, f- space further right. apart to the point that like you could say, oh, there are a lot of these good Virtual Console games. You look now on the, the, the comprehensive library. But live like, and then we started good, getting yeah. things like delisted and and relisted for weird reasons. Like Donkey Kong Country disappeared for a that while. That was an oddball one too. Yeah, yeah. It's like why why Donkey Kong Country of all things? I have no idea. And then uh, uh, they like they of all things they like brought a selection of Commodore sixty four games, but those like didn't last very long. Like if you didn't buy those, like when that month happened, then they just disappeared after a while. So. It's, yeah, it's definitely been far from the the dream when they they first announced it when right. they showed off the revolution. You know, right. <laughs> um, I want to. We're, we're talking a lot about the 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 NES games, the Virtual Console. So I want to go to our first you know, user submitted question mm-hmm. from uh, yeah. from Tyler Courtney. Ask um, since the Virtual Console brand seems to be dead, or they're moving away from that philosophy. Uh, would you rather Netflix, uh, Nintendo go with a Netflix style approach to their old games? Or do you just want them to release them individually on the eShop or in bundles on the eShop? So do you want them to, like, as I see it, like, do you want them to add, like, a either the existing paid subscription, you, you just get more games added like that, or perhaps they add a higher tier, which is more comprehensive? Or would you rather, like, they just keep adding NES games, like, and it's still 99, but they will add other consoles' games in the eShop? They're just not like virtual console they just start showing up like they do now like the mario super mario versus basically like that style i think that i would obviously prefer i guess some sort if you're if you're going to compare it to netflix that sort of style but i think when you make that comparison to netflix which i'm not really sure that's what this is but if when you make that comparison we're talking about volume right. like like you can't you can't do this and add a couple of NES games every three months or six months or whatever it ends up being, it needs to be, hey, you're getting access to a wide variety of things, and that list is constantly updating. That's what a true Netflix comparison means uh, to me. And so in that sense, if they were to do like an NES bundle, and they're like, here's 100 NES games, uh, you you know, pay X price for it. It's a bunch of Nintendo games and third-party games. I'd much rather have that. Like, the appeal to me of the Switch and why I think I get excited and why so many people get excited about things coming out on Switch is it's this console that you can plug into your TV and take wherever you want. It's everything in one. That's what I want. I just... I've done virtual console on 3DS, on Wii, on Wii U. The Switch is the most portable and flexible for me other than the 3DS but, I mean, it's like, I, I want the choice to be able to play these classic games on the TV or on the go, and so I just want everything at once. And so if I could get a bunch of NES, SNES games there all at once, I'm, I'm way on board with it. 
uh, Ben, you mentioned uh, like going through the virtual console experience on 3DS and Wii yeah. U already. Yeah. And even it, the Wii. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel at all... How, how do you feel about the fact that like you have that library of games that you already bought? And because it seems like Nintendo's doing this, they're basically telling you you'll never have a chance to transfer those games over. Was there right. any anticipation that, like, hey, I bought all these games? Even like the Wii, especially on Wii U. I think Wii U is the most recent 3DS. There might have been some hope that you could transfer some of those purchases over. Did that ever cross your mind that that might be a possibility? And do you feel like Nintendo's being greedy with this decision at all? To be honest with you, I think at one time there definitely was a hope that that would be a possibility. But I think the way even they handled it from Wii to Wii U uh, and the way that they've handled their online ecosystem so far, I didn't have any realistic expectations that I was going to be able to bring this stuff over. Um, Because we heard about the online service early on, my hope was... That because they were doing the service, the, just the volume would be a lot bigger. It would be more than 20. It would be closer to like 50 or 100, idealistically, of, of games. And you could just have a bunch of stuff that you could freely download and play at any time. Um, yeah, I very much, you know, when we talked about, you know, even the very like beginnings before the Switch was announced and like when we talked about moving to an account-based online system, like that was very much my hope that like yeah all of these virtual console games that I that I bought and that game trailers bought uh, that I have access to uh, that that stuff would be able to move forward uh, to an account that like there would be some sy- system where you just like link all that stuff to your account and and go forward and it's you know as we get closer and closer to those things being not downloadable next year, uh, it's yeah. starting to look like that. Like Nintendo is just not going to care about how much money people spend on those games. And it's really, to me, it's, that's, that's really frustrating. And I thought that, you know, that moving to an online account system w- would be part of that. And I thought that, uh, you know, like I thought that the way that they sort, they handled it with the Wii U was actually a good compromise to where it's like, okay, we know you have this game, We've added some features to the Wii U version here, like pay a dollar and you'll like be able to get it from on your Wii U menu and like something similar to that to where like you pay some nominal fee, transfer fee, I could understand, but just to say like, nah, forget about it. It's gone. Do the new thing. Download, you know, like get a big hard drive and download everything. You know, it's like, what? The fact that we're looking back on that dollar transfer thing is like (laughs) a preferred method (laughs) is crazy to me. Yeah. Because even even that is ridiculous. Yeah. There shouldn't be any kind of like weird fee for that. It should just be if you bought your games for your account, they carry over. And like Ben mentioned the the Microsoft thing. It's just like you just boot up another machine. There it is. I have a sense that once again, Nintendo is focusing on the wrong things, much like they did with how they handled voice chat. It feels like they're putting a lot of right. stock into these online features. Um, and I'm That's only something speaking... we didn't mention. That's part of... You have access to that online mobile app as well as part of this service. Oh, gosh. I, <laughs> I'm just only speaking for myself, but maybe the panel can... Like, I just don't care. Like, I've played Mario and Zelda so much that being able to pass and play with a friend doesn't do anything for me. And I think that's the other thing that makes me a little bit irritated about this NES selection is it's like the ground that they're covering is the ground that they've covered the most, you know, with this, with the NES specifically and with these games specifically, I feel like they've regurgitated them in so many different formats and I've played them so many times over the years. And obviously 
that's not true for everybody. That's not true for probably a lot of Switch. I have them in me, paper e-reader card form. Right. <laughs> like, if this was a GameCube curation or something else, like, I don't know. I, I think they, they've got such a vast library to work with and things that haven't been given enough attention. Right. That and that was, could have been like, more that was one of the exciting things about Virtual Console. Oh. That, you know, like, Sin and Punishment? Right. Like, I can right. buy Sin and Punishment? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could download the real the Rondo of Blood on yeah. Wii Virtual Console. That was really cool. Yeah, Sin and Punishment. Um, Absolutely. Uh, before I ask this next question, I want to say, because I've been thinking about it while you're talking, um, I definitely remember 3DS and Wii U, because I want to clarify something earlier. Um, your back has been like, can you really not back up your saves and play one other thing? Uh, from my examples I'm remembering, no. Because you had to transfer your count stuff to another system and it would wipe out the previous system it's like data to be able to do that if you tried to bring your save to another system it gave you an error or would just outright would not let you transfer mm. it to the storage it would either reject it or to give you an error when you tried to use the game it'd basically say this data doesn't work and it would ask you to create a new save file and delete that one essentially i like that's how you did it if you wanted to use your saves on another system, you had to do the 3DS system transfer or the Wii U system transfer to another system, and then it would wipe out the previous system's like mm. information. Like it was like hard erase. That was the condition for it. So you were you were definitely screwed over. Like you backing up the save was basically just yeah, it wasn't really doing anything because if you lost your system and never did that system transfer, you were in trouble. It was like uh, uh, for your saves, like account stuff, like the downloads of the games. That I think was still fine. You could get back on your account and t- talk with Nintendo, and I think right. they would work it out. But your saves, I think, were screwed at that point. So that that's what I meant by that. But uh, there's been a lot of talk about like this has been pretty underwhelming what they've like shown off. Like yeah. this isn't what we were expecting. So I want to wrap. But this- but oh, sorry. Go ahead. At least it's not that expensive. Yeah. I mean, is that like the... I mean, that's that's nice, but it's like, is that really what you want everyone to point to? Is like, no. it's No, cheap. no, no. I think, so, it's, a, I think it's a bad yeah, sign yeah. if you go, uh, it's not that much money. Uh, but no, I don't think it's a good sign to point to at all. I think it's a, it's a troubling sign. So, okay. No, I definitely... Yeah, I, I mean, definitely... and again, I'm only, I'm only contextualizing this... From my own experience, maybe for a lot of people, it's way too much to pay. And I understand that, and I sympathize with that. It's just, for me, for cloud saves, like, I'm willing to pay this amount. For uh, sure. To, to, pay, to play those games online and for the cloud saves, for I'm willing sure. to pay that amount. The final question comes from uh, from Jacob. And uh, this is a, I think this is a good last question to wrap this up. Um, so, hey, allies, the Nintendo Switch Online service to them seems pretty underwhelming to say the least Mm -hmm. so what are specific what are specific things you would do to fix the service to get you hyped like what would you actually want out of this to get you excited about this i mean there are there there are two ways to answer this it's what do i idealistically want and what do i think nintendo will do sure i feel like those are two (laughs) different answers (laughs) um but I think for me the sticking point is the NES games because that was the most interesting thing when they were hinting at their online system. Uh, I I want to see them not hold that stuff as hostage. Like if they're going to get rid of Virtual Console, if they're going to try to chart a new path, like give give me a lot of games. 
Um, I, I honestly don't care if they have online capabilities or not. Give me access to everything. Like, it would be great if at some point in the future on the Switch we could have access to Wii U games that we could just download. Um, they're not doing that, obviously, because they're re-releasing a lot of them. But Wii games, GameCube games, Game Boy Advance games, SNES games, N64 games. Right. Like, like give the, me the yeah. whole history. Yeah, this, yeah, that's the thing. It's like the sting of not having access to the virtual console games that I already own would be a lot less if this monthly fee or yearly fee included basically that library you know, at your fingertips. And it, you know, and it doesn't come anywhere close to that. Exactly, and that's a really good point to bring up because the way that they're handling this feels like this is their first attempt. Like, they haven't done online services before. It, it, it sort of feels like they're saying very explicitly, you know, whatever you invest in this, like, we don't really care. Like, we don't value your purchases. Um, and that's, yeah. that's upsetting. And then I think, again, like, it's, um, you know like what Microsoft is doing right now is like the total opposite. It's like, you know, we're going to make sure that like everything you have like goes forward with you. If you have discs on the Xbox, like we're going to make sure like we get as many of those running on the Xbox One right now. We're going to make Xbox One or original Xbox games, Xbox One X enhanced. Right. Like they like want their entire history to be playable on your Xbox. And that's like really commendable. And not only do they want their entire, they're they're going back right to the to the original Xbox, so they didn't have to do. They could just be like, yeah, you have to pay ten dollars. The fact that they're making it and they keep expanding it, where if you have that Xbox disc, you can just put that in and play it. Nintendo has never done anything even remotely close to that. Like every time with Nintendo, it's just rebuy, rebuy, rebuy. Sign up to the subscription. Like, I don't know. I just I I want a sign of good faith from them i think yeah i think the only i was trying to think like uh game boy some game boy game boy games on game boy color it had like the four color palette like that's like the most in terms of enhancement stuff well yeah i mean their hardware you know traditionally until the switch had been backwards compatible with the previous generation and so there was a lot of uh, that there that you didn't have to worry about and so by the time you like you moved on one one step further you weren't as worried about it um, but now it's just like this, you know, pretty, pretty hard break that you don't have access to older things. Oh yeah. Um, so I think I would get excited, uh, about some of this stuff. I'd be a little bit more excited if in this announcement or sometime in the near future, <laughs> E3, they just confirmed that the, the NES library that they're adding more games to, it's going to go beyond that. They basically, at some point we're going to introduce S super Nintendo. We're going to introduce game boy and 60, like, and they, they haven't confirm. said that at all. They haven't like even said another no, system. Even, so none of that, that would be that. like step one. Step one is that those will be yeah. coming down the line. All right. I'm a little bit more excited about this. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that because you were talking a little bit about like bundles, like bundling all the SNES games, like stuff like that, Ben. Right. I have this really, unnerving feeling that Nintendo is going to go the route of here's a higher tier for 15 14.99 a m- for a year uh you can get access to Super Nintendo games 20 of them at the start and we'll add more every you know mm. on a regular basis if you go up to the $20 tier we'll throw in N64 games if you go all the way up to the $25 tier we'll throw in GameCube games and that like they're going to hold it back my fear is they're going to hold it back behind higher tiered paywalls sure. for for this stuff, and that's why they haven't said anything yet because 
They're just waiting to drop that bombshell that, yeah, there's... Or maybe a little bit more a la carte, where if you wanted GameCube and not Super Nintendo, like, there's another five bucks a month or something. Yeah, yeah. you could pick and choose, like, which... Basically, they have a selector of which consoles you want, (laughs) and it gives you your price at the bottom, like, here's what you've selected, and now here's your total monthly price. The only reason why I don't see that happening is because of the family plan. Like, that, that... When you include all of those higher tiers, do you still bundle the family plan with it? Like, the the one thing that I will say about Nintendo's messaging on this is it does seem like they're trying to say, like, hey, we want this to be cheap. I don't think you would offer a family plan if that wasn't the case. And so to put on, like, three or four extra tiers that are more expensive seems kind of counter to the message that they have going on right now. Um, I, I guess my the, my initial reaction to the the family plan because we talked about on a previous episode about why uh, why Nintendo is still supporting the 3ds uh, Nintendo's own internal answer to that because they're still like they haven't achieved uh, they haven't achieved more than one per household uh, attach rate for switches yet whereas 3ds there's multiple in a household uh, based on their numbers they want uh, every kid in a household to have their own switch which is what this family plan is for. But by their own admission, they're not at that point yet. So I don't know how many people are going to be using the family plan other than what I said earlier, friends getting together to try and get a cheaper online rate for that, if that it will even work. So I, I, I don't know what the adoption rate is going to be for that, but I do feel, I mean, it's definitely in place because they feel that they're going to get to that point uh, eventually. Yeah, I just also feel like if you set up multiple tiers, you... You have some bad messaging going on because, like, let's say you sub at the most basic level and you get the NES games, and then it's like, man, we haven't gotten NES games for a long time, and then they come out, now we're announcing, you know, pay more to get GameCube games. Isn't that just immediately bad marketing for them where the people who are already paying don't feel satisfied with their service, and now you're offering something? Like, maybe out the gate. If you offered this, it wouldn't be so bad. But I think introducing it later, later just kind of brings I on see. some some headaches for you. The, I, I I do see that point. I'm not sure they care, but no, no, I see that point. And my the next thing I was gonna say to the for my final thought on this is that if they're not gonna do tiers, which I actually don't think they really will do that, I think they're just gonna because you mentioned the bundles. That's what mm-hmm. I specifically want to get to. I think they're just gonna release everything either standalone. Uh, on the eShop or in small bundles. There might be like a 10-pack N64, like the Mario Collection. Here's like Super Mario 64. Sorry, not Mario Collection, but like a Zelda Collection. Here's uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask for like 10 bucks or whatever. You can buy them together. Or here's a 10-pack of some of like the best N64 games or they'll be sold piecemeal. Especially once you start getting up to like GameCube. If they decide like GameCube games will definitely probably be sold individually at probably like yeah. a much higher price. Uh, I actually think they might... They might even go that far because they like to take these older games and update them, HD update them, and throw them back out there. So I think some of these games might be candidates for the for that as well. Like the Metroid Prime games are definitely you know yeah. prime you know sorry prime candidates for an HD update, especially Metroid Prime Four coming out. They can even double dip. They can release the original ones now and then do it. This is Nintendo. They will. It's not beyond them to do something like that where they release right. the original version. Oh, here's an AC version a year later because we want you to double dip. And that's what, honestly, I believe they're going to do is that they're going to piecemeal a lot of this. They might bundle a few things together, but it's all going to be released as they see fit. There won't be a, I don't think there'll be a tier system for subscriptions. 
I wonder if they'll revisit the NES remake, rem, not remake, remix, I, like kind of oh, idea that hmm. they had, and they do it with Super Nintendo uh, on the Switch. That's like, I just see more of a hunger, I think, for Super Nintendo games, and I think the NES remix idea was a good one, um, and I still think there's there's a lot of room there, especially if you uh, get into get like get third parties on board as well with the SNES I think it could be cool. You know you mentioned it Ben I'm really shocked there hasn't been an SNES remix right. yet. Like yeah. I definitely think that's in that would definitely be in their cards at some point. Um you you mentioned the classic edition consoles mm-hmm. uh, early on in this and I have to wonder as somebody who's happily bought both mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a sort of shelf life on that where like Hey, this is something that's doing really well and that we're excited about and immediately sells out right now. But by the time we're on the fourth one, yeah, is the excitement still there? Is that a way that people want to consume these games? But as as we get more iterations of this, yeah, that, that's a good point, Ben. I think it's gonna go that direction where it's gonna be diminishing returns. You're already seeing other companies trying to do their own versions, like better versions of these now. Right. Um. The 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 was it SNK announced the what the Neo Geo arcade yeah. thing. But, but the funny thing is like. Neo Geo has done that like multiple times well, already, the right? Last yeah. few, the previous ones have been not very good, though. Right. This one. Well, it's the same thing with Sega. Like the, yeah, the Sega Sega's also the Sega done, flashback has yeah. been out there before, you know. But now, like Sega is like taking more ownership of this, and like mm. we're doing this this time. We're gonna make sure this is high quality. They see yeah. the they see the 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 authentic feel. Like going through authenticity matters a lot in this kind of like novel product. So. But I think that's becoming more commonplace. So you get to see them, especially even with Nintendo. If they happen to do an N64 classic, I don't think it will do as well as SNES or NES classic. It might have initial like buzz and sell very well at the beginning, but I think it's not gonna have. It's not gonna be as long-winded or long-tailed as the other ones. Do you want an authentic Genesis controller though? You got to improve that thing. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the Genesis controller. I really like, don't. I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's as it. good as the SNES controller <laughs> for sure. Uh, but this is coming from like that was my first system ever. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You, you really think the Genesis controller is that terrible? I don't think it's terrible. I mean, it wouldn't have been the success it was if it was terrible. But I do yeah. feel like there's, you know, the the controller didn't feel as sturdy. Oh, it's definitely not. Yeah, yeah I agree. Wanna, I want to move on. This was really good, though. Like A l- lot of good stuff here. Um, I don't think this is the last we'll hear about. I think there's more to the online still. I think there, there's still a little bit more. There's still E3. We get that, th- do you think that's something that they spend a lot of time with? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Mm. I don't think they spend a lot of time with it. I think that's why they did this announcement, to get the, yeah. the bulk of it out of the way. Right. But because they have additional stuff to add that's the more exciting stuff, I think they want to save that for E3 where it makes more sense. Um but who Man, knows? Even the- even that doesn't make sense to me though, because it's it would be again it would be one thing if we didn't know that this online service stuff was coming. But the vague hints that they've gotten, and then this underwhelming reveal, I think if they do have more stuff, like it, it it's going to have to be a lot at this point. Like, yeah, I I just feel like they've bungled the online announcement so much yeah. and frustrated people so much that it's. I don't know. They're gonna need, they're gonna need a lot, I think, to to make people excited and to make people care. I don't think saying, "Hey, we've got here's here's more NES games" is gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna be enough for sure. But we'll, you know, we'll see if they have anything more to say about it. 
Um, I want to move on to another announcement, third-party announcement that recently happened. Capcom announced that Monster Hunter Generations is getting an ultimate version yeah. uh, for Switch. Um, it is coming to Switch on August 28th. Um, this was originally... Real quick. That's yeah, it's nice. really yeah. soon. Um, good. That's good. This was originally a 3DS game, um, but it got expanded in Japan as a double cross. Yeah. And uh, the version that we're getting is double cross in HD, apparently. Um, it will feature both local and online multiplayer uh, with uh, you and well, up to three friends. Yeah, Double Cross also came out on Switch in Japan. Yeah, and they, sorry, in Japan. Yeah. yeah, so we're getting that. We're, we're getting Ultimate, which is pretty much based on mostly on that version. Yeah, the way that you can, the way that you can think of it is take Generations on 3DS. This is an enhanced version of that with new stuff in it. Okay. And, uh, oh, the good thing, save data, good news from save data stuff, you can transfer your save data from the original 3DS game to the Switch version. Capcom. <laughs> Capcom's doing what they themselves, There yeah. you go. Um, so, I want to start the, the discussion here, because uh, VG Junkie submitted a question that kind of was, like, right in line with what I was thinking yeah. when this first got announced. VG Junkie's a smart guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, regarding Monster Hunter on Switch... Do you think it is a smart idea by Capcom to introduce the Switch audience to Monster Hunter with a game that lacks many of the quality of life and general improvements that were made by Monster Hunter World? The games were previously notoriously complex and not user-friendly to newcomers. Will it, while it will probably please older fans, do you think it will turn away more casual newcomers? So... Uh, I got into conversations about this with people as well, and I've spent a lot more time thinking on it, and I don't think it's as much of a concern as people think it is. Um, and here's why. Monster Hunter has been around for a very long time at this point. I think there are a lot of different types of Monster Hunter people. Uh, there were people that didn't like when Monster Hunter was exclusively on handhelds. Uh, there were people that loved it. There were people that got in there. That's their, their, their preferred way to play. Um, now we have people with World, where they really like the style of World. Some people who were of the old guard don't like World. So what I'm saying is there are so many different, like, this is how I want to play and consume Monster Hunter, that I don't think, like, oh, I really liked World, therefore I'm not going to like this. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to happen with some people. I think you're going to have some people that were either introduced to World or really took to the style of World that will run into Generations Ultimate, and they'll be like, you know what, I just either can't go back to this or I can't appreciate this and and really enjoy this. But I think you're going to get enough people that will enjoy it or that already know it, and it'll be nice to go back to. Um, and so... I don't think it's going to be this this huge point of contention. Um, I think that audience is diverse enough. I also think that audience is interested and passionate enough about Monster Hunter that if it is a hurdle, they're going to be willing to do the legwork um, to enjoy it. The other thing that you can say about Generations Ultimate that you can't say about World is there's just a lot more. Like, there are so many more things to fight in Generations Ultimate. There's a lot more content um, there at its base than there is in Monster Hunter World. And so that's another thing I think it has going for it. So if you're playing Monster Hunter World right now and it's like, okay, like these updates are really nice, but I, I would like more new monsters at a higher frequency. Like maybe you're willing to accept the differences, not even necessarily bad things, but the differences in Generations Ultimate just so you can get more. Um, yeah, that's my feeling on it. 
Um, those are those are all really good points. Like I, I actually, I, I do feel that what well, there might be some people might fall into the, the the pitfalls of this. I think it's gonna overall. I think a lot of people who started with Monster in the World are gonna they they probably want more, right. and they're gonna get this. And I think they've been acclimated enough to general Monster Hunter that I think they'll be able to pick up on the the. I don't, want to, I don't want to call them archaic, but like the older systems, basically, that still work just well. And a lot of Monster fans and veterans have been using for a long time. Right. And I, I, I see this as being very good, especially so soon, because it's ahead of the PC release of Monster Hunter World. And it's far enough away from the original release of console release of Monster Hunter World that I think... Monster fans might be like itching for more. Like, okay, I've, I've I keep playing mm-hmm. the new updates for Monster and World, but like, I like a whole like can I have the next thing? Like, what's the next thing? Is like here it is on August, you know, August twentieth. This is coming. So I, I think this is a really good strategy for Capcom, and it's also they're showing good support now. Like, guess they had been playing a little bit of like catch up, but they'd seen the the sparse releases they had done on Switch were selling unexpectedly well. They're like, wait, what? Why is this? selling so well okay we really need to get on board with this and this is like another testament that they they are getting behind the switch yeah yeah well wasn't there some crazy um uh statistic release that like monster hunter world is like their best-selling game or one of their best-selling games i know it was their fastest Fastest selling selling, is that it yeah so overall their best-selling sure maybe but yeah i knew i knew it was something along those lines um so yeah, so I, I think that's just like one of those things where it'll, you you see that happen and and you see that like demand because there were some fans that were like I'm not buying this because they haven't released Double Cross yet. Uh, so I, like I I think just seeing that market potential there that didn't look like it was there before, you know, where Monster Hunter wasn't doing well in the West, it's like okay, like we can bring out this other game now because people are gonna buy it. And I I think like what you're saying is is very true that. People are now going to be familiar enough with Monster Hunter systems from Monster Hunter World that they will f- work out whatever you know might be holding them back. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that that it's it's probably going to be very effective because people are buying Switch games uh, by the boatloads. Uh, but it was also really funny. <laughs> I had a flashback when you said Monster Hunter is so old now. Yeah, and I'm like. Oh yeah, I remember when I was in, in the room when Capcom revealed the first Monster Hunter. I was like, "Wow!" There was that moment that's in my head. That's pretty cool. Bro. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, though. Uh, yeah. The, another thing that I want to say, having messed around a little bit with the the Japanese version on Switch with the demo, uh, I think people kind of associate generations with playing on a 3DS, which is great for some people, not so great for others. Playing it on a Pro Controller feels really good. Like, I don't... Mm. Sometimes I wonder if people are overestimating, like, how much of a transition it's going to be. Like, it's it's going to be a transition from world if that's what you're most familiar with, but I don't think it's going to be so no, much of no a transition that you can't... No claws to worry about. Right, yeah. right. You're not going to have to... <laughs> do that. I had to, yeah, I had to play Freedom Unite. I, I know on PSP. I know about that crap. Not fun. Um, but no, that, yeah, that's, a, that, that, that's a that's a really good point. Um, I the next question uh, I think is interesting. Uh, comes from uh, from uh, Michael Miller. I would like to know. Um, this is about veterans, people who you know have been playing Monster for a while. Um, do either of you think that the quality of life improvements and updated visuals in Monster in a World? Um, will make it difficult for uh, longtime fans and recent newcomers to come back to the the uh, 
um, the old formula essentially. So not 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 we talk about newcomers, they're going to get acclimated to it. But do you see maybe possibly people have been playing longer? They 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 like the, the visual updates of Monster Hunter World and like the changes. Do you think they might be a little bit more resistant? Like because we've been focusing on newcomers a lot here. Sure. Do you see this at all being a possibility with like veterans? People don't want to go back. Like they don't. They just don't want to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see if you're somebody that dumped a ton of time into generations, for example, and then you also dumped a ton of time into world. I'm not sure if the new things, the new styles in uh, Generations Ultimate are, or, like, and the new monsters, I'm not sure if all of that is super exciting for you, depending on where you're coming from. Yeah, I definitely think, yes, I think it could be less exciting for that type of person, where it's like, listen, man, I've done most of this already, but I would argue that for the vast majority of people on the Switch, that's not going to be the case. Um, I think most people are probably not going to be familiar with the different styles for weapons, for example, and that's going to be fun mm, yeah. with them to mess around with. And that's like that's a whole different layer um, to mess around with and, and try out different hunter arts and that sort of thing. And so, I, yes, I, I think there are going to be some people that Generations Ultimate is not that exciting. I would counter with that and be like, hey does the pick up and play v- nature of the switch do anything for you? Like, Hey, maybe you're not playing it super intensely, but when you go on trips or something, uh, just having monster on your switch to mess around with, is that of value to you? I don't know. All right. Um, going with that, uh, I have another question. Uh, I'm kind of curious because I'm curious about this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in that group, but you're looking towards like the future, like beyond uh, Generations right. Ultimate, um, Gustav asks, uh, do you think any of the quality of life improvements made in Monster Hunter uh, World uh, will make it into any of the future games, possibly on like uh, any future games on Switch, basically? Do you think we'll see the Monster Hunter World quality of life improvements appear in future Switch Monster Hunters? Um. Will will the stuff in world carry on into other games? Totally. Uh, I don't. I don't think you have like Blood was saying this extremely well selling in the West, fastest selling Capcom game ever. I, I imagine that that will become a pretty strict base for all future Monster Hunters on all platforms, whatever they may be. Um, the thing about Generations Ultimate is that this was a game that existed before World that they are now bringing out over here. And so I don't I don't envision there being like descendants of Generations Ultimate and descendants of World happening simultaneously. I think a lot of stuff will be coming from World. And so if there is another Switch game, I totally think uh, it will be not necessarily similar to, but informed a lot by Monster Hunter World. Yeah. And I asked this because there's the the one question everyone wants to know with this announcement, or at least several people want to know, um, including Logan, who also asked us. Is basically like, does this announcement basically mean Switch is never have a, is never gonna have a chance of getting Monster Hunter World? Like it's Monster Hunter World is never coming to Switch. Basically, is that do you feel like that's a safe assumption, or do you disagree with that? I, I think it's a pretty safe assumption. <laughs> I think it's a safe assumption, but I don't think it's a set in stone thing. I it's just yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of engineering that's going to have to go into that to make that really work. 
I guess then if they make a successor, like they make the next Monster Hunter World, Monster World 2, let's call it that. Do you think that will be in the, the, the cards for Switch? Do you think Capcom will actively develop that game with the mind that this needs to also come out on Switch as well? Or do you think that there will be a, a Switch Monster Hunter kind of like series and Monster Hunter World will be on like other platforms? I think if there is a Monster Hunter World 2, I think there's a pretty good chance of it being on Switch. Um and I'm very curious to see how Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate will do, uh, especially coming after the hype and success of Monster Hunter World um, and the demand for this game pre-World. Uh, if if Generations Ultimate sells well, I think they will make a version of the game for Switch in addition to PC, PS4, Xbox. Okay. Yeah. So you think it's, yeah, it's a on the dep- uh, depends on the performance of uh generations ultimate and that that opinion is coming from the way things have kind of been going where when the switch first came out uh you had kind of people developers it seems testing the waters and i i just feel like there's more of a focus to get things on switch now um and i i i think you see that even with capcom um and so yeah i I do. I think there will be a version that comes out. It may not be exactly the same game, but there will be some sort of Switch version of that game. What about you, Blood? Do you, do you think that uh, there's going to be like two separate series for like one for Monster Hunter series for Switch, and then other platforms get a different one, or do you think there'll be some other kind of solution? And do you do you agree with like do you kind of share Ben's sentiment that it kind of depends on the performance of Generations Ultimate? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely depends on on uh generations performance but i i i do think that if they can at all um they're gonna keep that going especially with you know uh the switch's popularity in japan uh like a lot of those players are still going to want to play on the go um and with their friends uh you know outside of their own home so i think that that's really it it's going to benefit them to to find a way to make that uh future games more more scalable in a way all right um i'm kind of on the i i do agree with your assessment ben um i i I don't necessarily think monster hunter world isn't i still think monster Hunter. depending on no matter what happens with generations ultimate i don't think i personally don't believe monster hunter world will come to switch ever i think going forward whatever's planned for monster hunter Switch versions will be in line with that. There will not be a divergence after this release. It'll be I mean, everything. Yeah, I, I just think, I just don't think, I think they're probably already thinking forward at this point about the, like, the next one. Yeah. I, don't, I think they'd rather just like start with that one. Like, hey, it's on every platform, including Switch. Because I think, that, I don't think there'll be enough time necessarily between when Generations Ultimate comes out and then next proper monster hunter that would be too i think it'd be too many monster hunters too soon uh, right. on switch is my the reason i don't think that will happen and like blood suggested there the, so with generous ultimate they're taking a game that already exists and, oh, yeah. and localizing it putting monster hunter world on the switch is going to take a lot more resources oh, yeah. and a lot more time and we're getting farther and farther enough out from world like why why would you bring world out uh, especially, I mean, you could argue the PC version is still not out, which is true, but that's not too far away. Um, at this point, why wouldn't you just focus on whatever the next game is going to be? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I wonder how far that is, is the question. <laughs> Don't think you're going to have to wait too long with how successful and how well-performing, especially Generations Ultimate does very well, too. They're probably like, we we got to keep yeah, we gotta keep this train going. Like, I agree with you, but I wonder if we're going to get an an Ultimate version. Right. Which is yeah. far more likely, in my opinion, than, than a World 2. There you go. Yeah. That, I can see that. That yeah. definitely seems very likely. That seems very Capcom. I like that. Um, moving along, I spent a little time on uh, on Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Just uh, recently came out. Um, the Switch port of the Wii U game. And uh, I've already shared my thoughts on this game technically twice. There's two reviews out okay. there that you can go watch and listen to my thoughts on this. So I'd like to get you know impressions from both of you. And I'd like to start with... Uh, like, how much have you played of this game, and uh, what do you think about it from what you've played? Like, how do you feel about Tropical Freeze? Uh, well, I mean, I really haven't played the Switch version at all. Uh, but, you know, I, I I played the Wii U version sometime after it came out. Uh, I definitely find it uh, to be a, a, a really interesting and uh, just really thoughtful design for a platformer. I think that you know, like, there have been a, a lot of takes on quote-unquote 2.5D, uh, and I think this is probably one of my one of my favorites in that sense because you are always playing a 2D side-scroller, but you're moving through a 3D environment, and the, the way that they make that work works really well. And then, of course, you know, um, as, as Kyle has always pointed out, like, the attention to detail in how those platforms exist and how those environments exist and and then the the interaction with all of the music and everything there like it all it all works super super well it, it's just like a very finely crafted game what about you ben uh i completely agree with everything blood said and i wish i would have given it more love in 2014 when it came out i think it's an absolutely brilliant game um and i think when you look at Country Returns and Tropical Freeze, and you compare them at a glance, it maybe doesn't seem like that big of an evolution. Um, but I think the new characters and just how dense the levels are in Tropical Freeze, not that they aren't dense in Country Returns, but I think there's a pretty huge leap forward there. And you see people use uh, a lot of hyperbolic language, like it's one of the best 2D platforms, it's the best Donkey Kong game. And then you play the game, and you're like, wait a minute, maybe they're right. Like, it is just a really meticulously crafted game, uh, exactly as Bloodworth said, and I agree with him. I think it's fantastic. I agree with both of you. <laughs> We've been very positive on this, so I want to yeah. see how positive we really are on Tropical Freeze. Um, here's a question from uh, Straw Hat Ninja. Uh, Tropical Freeze is now regarded as one of the best Donkey Kong Country games, but is it the best? <laughs> I'm currently playing through the original trilogy, and I think Donkey Kong Country 2 is pretty amazing. How would you rate Tropical Freeze compared to the other Donkey Kong Country games? I definitely need to get back into 2 sometime. Like, I think 2 is just a big step up from 1 because uh, I think that they had gotten a lot more handle on their rendering technology. And so they weren't just, like, making these, like, weird kind of you know like their their models on the kremlings like really yeah. came to life into um and and so you you saw a lot more personality all around um and uh i think that uh you know i mean i know there's some splits but like i really enjoyed uh like the spider animal buddy 
in there. I thought, you know, Dixie Kong played really well. Yes. I thought they did a yes. lot of great stuff uh, with the level environments and with the secret world and all of that. And, and, and again, like that music is, you know, all like very classic and memorable. Uh, so yeah, I, it would it would be interesting to put those two back to back. I don't I don't know that I could compare them that well just from memory. Okay, um, Ben, do you yeah. Right? Okay. Um, so I just recently on the SNES Classic played through Donkey Kong uh, Country, the original. I nice. can definitely say Tropical Freeze is, is a better game than that. It's been a long time. It's probably been years. Maybe it hasn't been that. It's been a it's been a while since I've played Country Two and Country Three, and I remember really liking both of them. Um, but I think the thing about Tropical Freeze that I love so much is the secrets. The secrets are so good, like, and they're they're layered in such a way where like the Kongs are pretty easy to get, but sometimes you have to put yourself at risk. But then you have the puzzle pieces, which are super devious, and there are a lot of times where it's like, wait, I thought I explored this super thoroughly. Why am I missing three of these pieces? Um, I love that. I love the little tricks that they do that they just couldn't do on the SNES, uh, going into the background uh, and how they consistently use that in clever ways. It's not just like, oh, hey, we're going to use this in one way. Look at, and then we just copy paste. Like there's, there's a staggering amount of variety to the levels and the way that they flow and the way that they make you feel in, in Tropical Freeze. And based on my memory of Country 2 and Country 3, it's not that those are bad games, but this seems like an, an evolution of a lot of those ideas to me. Very well put. I, I definitely, in line with how I think pretty much, uh, I, I think Tropical Freeze is the best of all the Country games. Um, I think my biggest gripe about, because I also have in the last year or so have replayed the through the original donkey kong country trilogy i think my biggest gripe is just like you kind of touch a little bit about them, the improvement from one to two is just the rendering and the visuals have not aged as well um they were very cutting edge and very appealing back in the 90s but i think now nearly 20 years later yeah a lot of stuff just doesn't look good anymore to me yeah and, well i think yeah. i mean it's it's an impossible dream because of the handovers and licensing rights and and possibly even not even you, you you might not even be able to get access to those assets, but it would be super cool to see an HD remaster. Like go oh, yeah. back to the original silicon are, graphics are models. Like an, oh, okay. And like that would be... re, re you know recompress them for you know what we can handle now rather than the limited color spectrum of the Super Nintendo. Because yeah, a lot of what you're saying looks gross. It's like you see that compression. You see what basically oh, yeah. the the Super Nintendo equivalent of JPEG artifacting in all of the the level designs. Like a lot of stuff just becomes like mush in the background. Um, I also want to bring up the boss fights in mm-hmm. Tropical Freeze in comparison to the oh. older classic games. Yeah. Uh, because in the older classic games. Uh, for, again, based on memory, I feel like when you would fight something, there was kind of one thing you had to figure out, and it might speed up as the fight goes on. But the boss fights in Tropical Freeze like dramatically change as the boss fights go on. It's like, oh, th- you're adding like brand new things to this attack, or you have totally new attacks. It just felt like you had to learn a lot more in Tropical Freeze as you were dealing with those bosses than you were with the original yeah. trilogy. The original Donkey Kong Country's bosses were extremely simplistic. Even King K. Rule's fight was yeah. very mm-hmm. bare bones. I think they got by three, they get a little bit more complicated. Like, there's the one where you have to turn into the elephant boss, 
and there's like a water spray thing going around. You have to like platform and move. It's a little bit more involved. Even like the, the, the final bosses had a little bit more to them. But in general, I just remember the trilogy, original trilogy's bosses not, for the most part, not being very nearly the level of like complexity as you see in uh, Returns, okay. or even tropical like Tropical Freeze. Like the multiple phases, they definitely feel like you legitimate skill is required to, to, to overcome them. As well as like memorizing the patterns and stuff, and they were, they just seem way more involved, and, and yeah. they, they feel better as boss fights too. So, uh, yeah, I definitely feel that's the valid point there. Um, so I want to wrap this up because I don't want to spend too much time. It's a good game, but I want to move on to our last subject. But the last thing I want to ask is basically uh, it comes from uh, Jacob, who wanted to know basically, um, would you be disappointed if uh, Retro or anyone else? Uh, made another Donkey Kong game to follow this up? Uh, or would you be more disappointed if they didn't? If there wasn't a third game? I think there's a lot of assumption that there should be a third game, that there should be another trilogy, mm. that there should be a last one. Um, and do you think if they do make another one, should it be a 2 or 2.5D entry? Or do you think someone should be more ambitious and actually try and do like a, a 3D Donkey Kong, a like Donkey Kong 64? Uh, I don't think we need a, another 3D Donkey Kong. I mean, if we did, did like Donkey Kong 64, it would just be an entirely different kind of game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, need is a strange word. Uh, but I, I, I do think that there's, you know, a lot of creativity in Tropical Freeze. And I think that they could continue uh, to push that creativity forward and, and give us something that is on the same level. And, and I don't think that they have to do it anytime soon, but it would be cool to, to see happen in the future. What about you, Ben? I think Funky Kong definitely makes me want more because just for this Switch port, they added Funky Kong, and I feel like he he plays so well, so creatively. Like, yes, he makes the game a lot easier, but how they incorporated his surfboard and the way that he moves through the air, it's different than any other character in that game and it's really fun to mess around with and so it's like okay well what if we add three more kongs what do they look like and it's i think just because tropical freeze is so good um it's hard not to want a little bit more i think i do think they could they definitely have more characters that they could go to so just new gameplay hooks mm -hmm. they could add for each of those kong styles uh, i think there's probably some environments they could go to as well that uh to, for creativity um, a lot of them have been very like organic. There's some, some industrial, but more organic type levels, like nature levels, that in jungles or like in the snowy mountains or in a forest. They could do some really crazy ideas, like Kongs in space or something. There's there's a whole different set of ideas they can go with that. I think right. there's one more game's worth of creativity left, at least. Yeah. For, for Donkey Kong Country. Uh, I agree with that trilogy. sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Is as I think like I wouldn't necessarily need five more. Oh yeah, I'd, one more game. I think we would one be more good. to make it a returns trilogy. I right. think would be nice. Um, but I did mention retro. Yeah, and uh, that's <laughs> the, the, our, the final topic of discussion is what exactly is retro working on? And uh, there were some rumors that came out uh, that apparently retro is working on a Star Fox racing game. <laughs> um, uh, apparently, over this past weekend, rumors began to start appearing on several message boards uh, regarding the game. This Star Fox Racing game being developed by Retro Studios. Uh, apparently, it's called Star Fox Grand Prix, 
It is being described as a cross between Diddy Kong Racing's adventure style overworld with like boss battles and stuff like that and the futuristic racing style of Ev Zero. Um, so those came out. And then just yesterday, Eurogamer and a bunch of other trusted sources come out and say, yeah, we've also heard that. <laughs> we've also heard Retro's working on this. Um, and then more and more sources have come out. Um, and I actually, I, the, now I can say this. Um, Real quick story. Uh, last week, I had a source of mine say, guess what? I know what Retro's working on. I'm like, okay, what is it? He goes, they're working on a Star Fox racing game. And they, they gave the exact same thing. It's like Diddy Kong Racing. I'm like, this is ridiculous. They're not. No. I was like, <laughs> bye. I was like, okay. I'm not, that's not. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's not real. Thank you for trying. <laughs> and then all this came out. I was like, are you kidding me? What is this? Right. So, yeah. Um, that is what... Uh, that that's apparently a thing. So um, here we go. There's a lot to process here with all the information that, that's come out. Um, and I just want to reiterate: this is still technically a rumor. Nintendo has not confirmed yeah, yeah. this. We've not. There hasn't been like anything other than a they logo. Haven't, they which, haven't pulled a rage two on. This. Yeah, we've played it. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, no one said they played it. There's nothing other than a logo, which who knows if that's real. Uh, but I want to let's talk and assume as is if, if it's true. So, oh, I'm definitely so here we on go. that train. So, uh, Mark Besnard, I think, nails this first point I want to cover with their question. So, with the recent news surrounding a potential Star Fox racing title developed by Retro Studios, there's been a lot of negative knee-jerk reactions. Yes. Rather than discussing the game itself, I wanted to ask... Uh, Rather than discuss the game itself, I wanted to ask the allies how they feel about these kind of reactions. I love this. Okay. Because hmm. I feel like yes. I've learned a lot in yes. the last year. Yes. I've learned that the, the internet will knee jerk negatively to any radical change. That's just that's just <laughs> how it happens. Um, but I also realize that I'm guilty of this as well. And I think back to the way that I talked about Mario and Rabbit. Here we go. Um, and it was just that very like arms crossed, like, why? Well, this is so insane. Did anybody want you know, just just complaining because it is so different, it is so wild, and it maybe isn't necessarily something that you're super attached to. Maybe you love Star Fox 64 and you want another game like that, but on Switch. Um, but I think with Mario and Rabbids, and even maybe to a lesser extent with Horizon, that how are we going to get great things, the best things, if we don't try wild stuff? And if Retro has proven anything, it's that they are beyond capable and that was basically how my reaction to this news went. It was at first, whoa, and then, oh, no, this will probably be really good. Because you think about, like, hey, maybe they can actually make a story-based racer work. Maybe they could make this open. Maybe they could put enough variety in there if they're referencing Diddy Kong Racing that it could be really cool. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic. And to answer your question definitively, you can't. The internet's just going to be the internet, and you can't take it too seriously. You have to make up your own mind. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because my reaction to this really comes down to it being a retro title. <laughs> uh, if uh, if Nintendo had, you know, we're going to announce this, and it were to come from anywhere else, I would probably be more dismissive of it. I would probably, you know, look at it more in line with. Uh, uh, Federation Force, <laughs> you know, which is like got a worse rap than it deserved from a lot of people. But you know, it, it's kind of on that level of like this isn't you know 
isn't what people want from a Star Fox game. Star Fox has been kind of aimless or whatever. But when you when you say retro, and, and there's been a lot of talk about like, oh, well, a lot of people that were at retro left, and you know, and so they're not the same studio they were before. But the the people that are there are still making great games. So um, I, I I think I I have uh, some benefit of the doubt, some trust that if retro is going to uh, invest in an idea and make this concept, then yeah, I, I, I'm willing to to check it out and and see what it's going to be all about. And also, like, what's the point of of this being completely dismissive when we haven't even seen it yet? Right. It's a very good point. Um, this this is great stuff because I think people really need to learn a lesson um, from last year. Like we, as you said, Ben, we went through this with Mario and Rabbits. I think mm-hmm. almost everyone was pretty much, to some extent, guilty of what the hell is this thing? Like this, this could be bad. Right. And then they showed it off at E3, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, this looks really good." Whoa, we might have been really wrong about this. And for most people, I feel like it came off to be a pretty good game. And I think. It was a different situation because the leak was more comprehensive with Mario plus Rabbids, but still doesn't make a difference. Um, your point, Blood, is great about retro and their basically their pedigree and their their history. They've gone through this twice technically now. <laughs> if you for those who aren't old enough to remember it, there was a time where we stood there and looked at an announcement about the news about a Western studio was making a first-person Metroid game, a first-person shooter-style Metroid game, and everyone just like lost it. They were just like, "Are you, this the end of Metroid? This is this is so bad." And how wrong were we about that? And then even with Donkey Kong Country Returns, people were like, "They're working on Donkey Kong, really retro? This is a waste of their time and talents." Then we all play like, "Oh my gosh, this is one of the best platformers ever made," and they went on to make Tropical Freeze. This is, will be the third time people are doing this. Like, if this is true. Oh, they're working on a Star Fox racing game? I underst- I can at least see the point of people, this is not what they were expecting Retro to go on. But this is kind of their pedigree. You Stop expecting, like, think they're going to work on something you're expecting. You are not getting an Uncharted game from them. Like, mm-hmm. Everyone's like, they're going to make the next Uncharted for Switch. Like, stop. Like, just because it doesn't even come true... There's no reason for you to get angry at what they're actually working on. And your point, Ben, was great. We haven't even seen this thing in right. action. Like, please at least wait till you see a video about this. Like, from last year, learn to not go on the leaked like details and stuff, and and form your your conclusion about that. Like that. That's be a little bit more mature about this situation. But yes, and, and don't forget, one of the first games Retro was working on before Metroid Prime was a car combat game. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh man, that's old. Jeez, I really um, feel old. And the thing is, this this might be. Who knows? Maybe it's oh, yeah. terrible. Yeah, like, let's yeah, yeah. let's hypothetical it out and go. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is terrible. At least it's interesting. Like at least it's interesting to pay attention to and to follow. Yes. Um, and it's it's something different. Uh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be excited by necessarily a more traditional Star Fox game, but I think. From Nintendo's point of view, Star Fox is in a position where they can absolutely do that, and this is going to get way more attention than a follow another follow up to Star Fox sixty four. 
that is such a good point, Ben. Like that's basically what like I'd like to roll on that and talk about that. Is that yeah. Nintendo's tried a few different things with Star Fox. Arguably, mm-hmm. their mo- oh, their most successful attempts were the original and Star Fox sixty four, which sixty four is basically a remake of the original game. Right. And they've oh, there've been iterative versions or sort of spinoffs that have not come anywhere close to success. Um, I think after Star Fox Zero, Nintendo's in a spot where they they want Star Fox to continue. They need to do something ambitious with this, and just trying to redo what they've done before isn't going to cut it. And even Miyamoto's been on record saying he kind of wishes Star Fox was more popular. It's why he pushed so hard with Zero. So I mean, I kind of want to know like what do you what do you want to see in this that'll get you excited other than like the the that is going to be a racing game because. I think this is just what they need. This is this is something that'll grab people's attention. But let's go with it. Like, what else do you like? What do you kind of like hope to see that will get you excited about this? Like, some ideas, basically. Um, well, I think you know some like very core Star Fox elements. Um, I I think we see multiple vehicle types for one. You know, like we we see stuff that's more land based or maybe like a Star Wars style like speeder thing that like just hovers above the ground. Uh, I think we, you know, should see some some R-wing races, maybe some submarine type things, just like really like change up what you can do, and 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 also kind of again like if people are comparing it to Diddy Kong Racing, like that's one thing that Diddy Kong Racing did was it had multiple vehicle types right off the bat, um, and I think the other thing that would be really interesting to work with um, if there is more of this adventure uh, concept going in is to do like a Star Fox game would, where you have multiple routes, multiple reasons to replay this. That like, yes, okay, if you fulfill point. these conditions, you go off to this side route, you go through these races that like, you wouldn't go the other way. You you find a, a shortcut or a secret route during a race, and suddenly you're in a whole new vehicle, uh, potentially dealing with completely new hazards. And the thing that's great about Star Fox is it's not like your adversaries are probably going to be these like straight laced, like let's, let's have a good race racers. Like they're probably going to play dirty or they're probably going to try to attack you and you might be able to strike back. Like it could essentially kind of be vehicular combat in a really cool way as well. Um, like maybe you have a stack of bombs that you can use during the race or, or like different weapon types that you can pick up in addition to different vehicles. And another, there's just so much they could do. Another Star Fox 64 callback. Foot races. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was thinking like, you're the unlocked, like you're yeah. just walking around with a bazooka. Well, I mean, that's what I'm thinking of. Like one of the you talk about different vehicles, but like one of the tenets of Diddy Kong Racing was you could pick to race in a match either by boat, by air, or on on land. So I'm thinking of matches where you can be in the R wing, you can be in the Landmaster, you can right. be in the the submarine thing. That I'm forgetting of, but like racing against other people in the different vehicles. So it's gonna be like chaos. So it'll be like underwater paths. It'll be like aerial paths. It'll be like secret cave paths and stuff. And yeah, the vehicle, the combat system. Like getting the bomb power ups and like turbo, like it's gonna be insane. It's one race, just one really long race <laughs> across the galaxy. <laughs> across the galaxy. You say that and it reminds me of Need for Speed: The Run, and I don't. Yeah, I don't no, really no, no. no. I'm not saying it's a well. It, it's a potentially good idea, but yeah. I'm also looking forward to like boss fights. Yes, because they can race had boss oh, races, yeah. but they can push that like. We think of Diddy Kong Racing, and that's like an over 20-year-old game now. And that was pretty cool for its time. And I want to give Crash Team Racing some shout-outs, too, because it did similar things. Mm-hmm. But we've been... I want to see that concept 20 years evolved. And I'm thinking, like, these boss fights where it's part... Like, you got to hit, like, checkpoints to keep progressing, but you also got to, like, get power-ups, dodging the enemies. Like, there's multiple phases. Like, 
this could be pretty insane and like I, yeah. intense. Yeah, that kind of gives me like a, a like kind of a like a Mad Max impression in a way where like if, again if like if you're playing like with three other people and you've got these small little vehicles and then there's this big massive like elephant sized thing there then like you know like you're ramming them from the sides and like you're having to coordinate attacks and stuff like that and just like pick apart this thing before you get to you know some sort of finish line they come out with labo sets for the new star fox you can build your own r-wing they did that in nintendo power What's that? And I built erased it, right? Did you ever build the R-Wing yes. from Nintendo Power? I saw the thing. I never f- actually built it. I, still, okay. I, think, I threw away the yep, yep issue, but I used to have it, yes. I never constructed it. I, but what if you build your own custom R-Wing or vehicle, and then it like scans it into the game or something, and then you're mm-hmm. controlling it? And the R-Wing f- like, hovers in real life. And you're sitting okay, it can hover, too. Yeah. That would make it yeah. go. Uh, just really quick, I always want to make this a bet. Like, What is the over-under on... There being like a secret route, and suddenly you're in like SNES Star Fox graphics. That's happening. That's 100, like hundred percent. That's nice. like totally happening. That, that's right. Yeah, there's gonna be some like weird retro yeah. part moment like that. Um, with slot machines. Yeah, with yeah. slot machines. Oh, there could be secrets and stuff. There could definitely be secrets. Uh, I think it'd be cool if they're. Uh, I hope it's really story driven because there's yeah. like crazy goofy stuff in Star Fox. I think they need to embrace it. There's a huge cast of characters and stuff which will make it perfect for all the different like like roster of characters. Well, somebody, you know, tweeted that screenshot of like Star Fox Command where they actually referenced Oh yeah. like the the G, yeah, G0. G0 yeah, Grand like, Prix. What? Oh yeah, I cover I've covered that before. Yeah, like it, it could be canonically with that, but yeah, I mean, I was talking about like getting quests to maybe upgrade parts. Maybe you do have your vehicle and you don't unlock the ability to transform into a, like a landmaster to layer, blah, blah. There's a lot of crazy ideas, but going on Blood's point real quick, I want to just quickly throw this in here. I know some of the reasons some people are a little dismayed about this is because there are F-Zero fans who are like, why isn't F-Zero getting this? Why, why is Star Fox getting this thing? I think I would not put it past it that F-Zero stuff is in this game I, I, because like just elements like maybe the blue falcon maybe captain falcon because f-zero is definitely the weaker of the ip star fox is a stronger ip and i think they want to lead with the strongest thing and i think this might be the only opportunity for them to reintroduce star fox uh, f-zero like elements into this game so uh, i'm not convinced that f-zero literally f-zero stuff will be in here i think it'll thematically embrace some of f-zero stuff like the some of the races might be like high very like high speed you might have like the the you know the damage and stuff, which yeah, also I think damage Fox. is probably. But a, I would put it thing. past them yeah. to have like there's like Captain Falcon, the Blue Falcons in here. There's some crossover story. It's just they don't want to call it Star Fox and F Zero or something. They don't want to call F Zero anything because Star Fox is what they're focusing on. I believe. Can you, can you I, imagine I that there is actual F Zero stuff in there? You meet up with Captain Falcon, but they don't they don't tell anyone until the game is out, and then like. What's up? Yeah, you get, those, you get that and chapter eight cutscene. You're yes. like, I'm about yes. to crash into the boulder, Fox, and yeah. like, Falcon punch. Yes. He just punches the boulder. Yes. It's like, there we go. There you go. Yeah, you just go to a couple of those specific planets, or maybe you like end up in Mute City for a chapter or something. Yeah. What I what I would respond to for the people that are dismayed about it not being F Zero is it seems like if you're directly referencing Diddy Kong Racing and you think about Star Fox, the different types of vehicles seems essential here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's not like it's gonna be an F Zero game with a Star Fox skin. I think it's gonna feel and be structured and play way differently. And so I don't I don't think that necessarily like takes up F Zero slot or anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, like you, you like you have to imagine there's going to be sections where you're going to be like weaving through tunnels and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you made a good point. If it is definitely like Diddy Kong Racing style, I feel Star Fox's universe lends itself so, a little right. bit more to that concept. But uh, to those who are, might be dismayed, like wait till you see it. There might be there's a little slither of hope that there might be something in there. But um, I do want to wrap this up by saying, uh, yeah, like. People might have been expecting something else from Retro, but uh, they actually might have been working on something else. Because uh, both Kotaku and Game Informer uh, put out articles yesterday stating that they've heard from multiple sources that Retro actually had another project they were working on. But it had a very troubled development cycle and it actually might have been cancelled by this point. So, Hmm. this is... And there's been like evidence presented that there are LinkedIn profiles for retro staff that said they were working on two different projects. So they might have another project in the works and this might not be it. Absolutely. Or they might have had something else. So like again, playing with expectations, like you never know. Like just just only take what's in front of you and judge based on that. Stop trying to like have these crazy expectations for at, things and being disappointed when it doesn't happen. At this point, we're going to get like a first-person balloon fight or a <laughs> battle royale. Like you just don't know what's going to come out of Retro. Balloon That's fight battle royale. Yeah. With, with F-Zero cars racing through. Uh, yeah, and then, you, and then you take a step back and you think about it and you're like, what, could that work? Yeah, who knows? Um Fun times, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. Wow. Yeah, that was uh, that was good stuff. Um, I want to thank I everyone so. who submitted their questions. Uh, worked in a lot of them. Um, made for some really good discussion. And uh, again, if you'd like to get in on uh, submitting questions for episodes of Friend Code, uh, you need to be in the five dollar or up tier. Any of those tiers will work. And uh, the Sunday that we will be recording uh, a new episode, I will make a Patreon post. And there you can submit your questions. I'll announce the topics that we'll be talking on. I will suggest you keep uh, pay check it daily because like this episode, we had the Star Fox news dropped after I announced what would be on the episode. So I had to adjust the Patreon post. So just keep checking it to make sure that the the topic you asked the question you asked is still going to be about a topic we're still covering. Um, and also, if you're a five dollar up Patreon. A patron, you will get this episode as part of our early access tier. So you get uh, episodes of Friend Code uh, every other Sunday, and they go up uh, Tuesdays for everyone else. But uh, yeah, that's the benefit of being a five dollar patron. You get some questions, and you get early access to that. Um, but yes, again, thank you. I think this has worked out with the question submission yeah. format. So I think Great we're going to stick to that. Um, I want to before we wrap it up. I want to say the next episode is going to be the pre E three mm. special episode. And barring any last-minute changes, it will be sp- featuring a special guest panelist. Um, will be on here to help discuss that. By that point, everything may have leaked. Yeah, everything <laughs> might have already happened by then, unofficially. But uh, yeah, I want to thank you both of you for joining me on this episode. Mm-hmm. And until next time, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.